Stop <laughs> being dumb. <laughs> Done. See, I was kind of brainstorming, just like lead you to to where you land. It's like all in kindness. (laughs) All in kindness. Welcome to the Cultivate Podcast. Together, we're cultivating real conversation, real community, real lives. Join Tammy Brown and Melody Workman of Sandals Church as they discuss real issues and empower women to cultivate truth, live out their faith, and connect with a community of kindness. All right, welcome, welcome, friends. Welcome to the Cultivate Podcast. This is our second bonus episode, which Yay. we are excited to bring you. Um, I want to start by just saying a huge thank you to all of you who came out to our first Cultivate Live event this past Friday, standing room only. Crazy. It, it was incredible. I had another classic Tammy Brown moment that day as I had gotten on social media. I'd been off for a couple weeks. And it seemed like every scroll I was seeing was like someone's out of town here, someone's out of town there. And in my mind, I'm like, all right, Lord, no one's coming tonight. <laughs> and I, it, if it wasn't our biggest, it was our second biggest It was event our biggest ever. Yes. And um, it was incredible. Amazing. Like, it was such a just, at the end of it, I was in the back and up in the booth, just like tears streaming down about mm. like, I can't believe we get to be a part of what I God's know. doing here and so awesome yeah it was incredible and the women were so great I mean there was just this excitement about being a part of what we're doing and um yeah it was good it was and a really huge good. huge thank you to our squad who came and served so faithfully with mm-hmm. so much kindness literally to the point of giving up their seats yeah um, I, some of our our teen huge. squad sat, sat on, on the floor, floor. Um, you guys, this is what this is all about. And we're so grateful. Um, thank you for, for modeling this vision of kindness and the huge win for me. I mean, the, the night was a win all around, but we started almost 60 new groups Mm -hmm. Friday night. Yeah. So 60 women walked away with those amazing boxes and more Uh, amazing, amazing boxes. (laughs) Shout out to Tammy Brown. Um, but with that, with all these groups getting started, um, with other groups kind of getting back into gear, mm-hmm. um, we wanted to hear from you guys about what questions do you want us to answer? We, our last episode, we talked about lots of things to do and not to do, the doobies and the don't bees with Melody and Tammy. We are not going to talk about boobies and burritos. <laughs> that was for last episode. Go Contrary back to popular opinion, we're not going to yes. revisit that. <laughs> but what we do want to do is help you um, navigate how to be in a group by answering the questions that matter most to you. So welcome back our friend Tiff Perry. Hey guys. She's the best question asker around. Oh, well, thank it's you. True. Yes, I've that. heard it. <laughs> <laughs> so Tiff's going to share some of your questions and then Timmy and I are going to do our best to offer wisdom and insight if we have any. Did you see how I posted this on Instagram? I'm like, got questions? We have answers. <laughs> Probably not, but maybe. <laughs> At least we'll joke around. <laughs> we'll do our best. We'll give you something. It might be an opinion. It might be wisdom. Who knows? Who, Who knows? knows what's coming out? Search the scripture. Okay. <laughs> we uh, once again had some amazing questions. You guys, uh, you are good at asking us the real questions. And unfortunately, we can't ask or answer every single question that we get. But um, these ones are going to be really good. And I think they're going to help everyone out. So... The first one, um, kudos to this gal because after she heard our second podcast on community groups, 
um, she went back to her group and asked how they were experiencing her. And that's mm. a brave question to it's ask. really brave. Yeah. Really. So I job. only do that after two margaritas. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding, everyone. I like my job. Okay. Um, So I hope that they um, responded to her in kindness, but they did tell her that they were receiving her as a a bit bold in the way she shared her opinion and that she has RBF. Um, So her question that came out of that was, again, very insightful, um, which was really just as women – You know, we often are sort of expected to be kind and approachable and and kind of carry off this demeanor that um, would allow people to think that, you know, we are the nicer sex and people Mm. people can just readily come to us. And and do men have to deal with that? Are they told like you need to smile and be approachable? Um, but that's something that she really values and appreciates and she doesn't want to be labeled otherwise. So how can we work on how we're received by people, especially if we're being told that it's the opposite of what we would really want? Well, I, I want to start and just say that I really am so impressed that you had the courage to ask that question to your group because that is not easy. Um, and it is a challenge I gave out is to not only ask, but to be willing to receive what you hear, which it sounds like that's what you've done. Um, there, there's just such value in having truth about how you're experienced by people, because what you want to do is say, here's what I know is happening in my heart. Here's how people's experiencing me. And this gives you a starting point to figure out what the chasm is between the two. Now, um, you know, part of how you're experienced it does matter. I mean, I have this conversation with my two young adult, early twenties daughters now is nobody cares what you know, if you're a total jerk Mm -hmm. and how people experience you does matter. And so that doesn't mean that you need to be the sticky, sweet pushover kind of a person. I'm not that way. Clearly. Melody is not that way. (laughs) Um, But it does give you opportunity to grow because um, you know, if you are being experienced harsh, you, you might want to think about how, how do you give your feedback now? Mm-hmm. How can you not soften it necessarily, but weave in the love with that to some degree, you don't need to be a pushover, a doormat, sticky, sweet all the time. Um, part of who you are might just come with a strong and boldness. My oldest daughter, Madison, she is a strong and a bold girl. And I love that about her. Mm. And she, she is a young adult figuring out that pendulum of, but I know this is right. And this is the, you know, which can run people over. And I don't want her to lose that because I want her to stand up for what's right and say how she thinks and feels. Mm-hmm. But I also don't want her to repel people right. because she's running over people all the time. And so it is a tricky little dance to learn for women who are strong and bolder, mm-hmm. not as meek and gentle. And we need all kinds of women. Yep. And so don't discredit yourself or, or take that as, oh, I need to change who I am, but you might need to work on changing your approach to people. And are you, is, you know, ask yourself some really real questions. Am I coming off harsh because I have a critical spirit, a bitter attitude? Are there some things I need to kind of get right or mm-hmm. let go so that the Holy Spirit is? And then clearly like um go i think it goes without saying of just spend some time 
in prayer with the Lord on that of Lord, this is not how I want to be experienced. Like refine me, mm-hmm. which is what God's in the business of doing. It's refining. That's great. But you have something that so many people don't is, you know, if I were you, I would thank thank your group for being honest with you. That probably was not easy for them. And, um, you know, it takes courage to also be real with people because they risked you being upset with them or rejecting them. So thank you because now you have some honest feedback to become a healthier version Mm -hmm. of who God's made you to be, which gives you credibility, relationship, influence. So it, it really is a gift to understand how people experience us. Um, so don't get down on yourself, but get working on that is yeah. what I would say. Well, my first response was, what's wrong with RBF? <laughs> I have it. <laughs> Clearly that's not the right answer. Um, so we've talked about this before, the hug punch approach to conversations. Punch and hug. Yes. Right. As an eight, I can tend to want to go towards the punch, hug, punch, or just the punch, punch, punch. <laughs> But what I think that works with most people much better is a hug, punch, hug approach. So as a leader of a team, as a boss, as a, as a mom, as a wife, as a coworker, employee, a friend, small group leader, there are times where hard truths have to be told. I mean, Mm -hmm. you have to have a hard conversation. And let's be real. Most women just skirt those as much as they can. Mm -hmm. You know, if I have a problem with Tiff, then I'm going to go tell Tammy instead of going to Tiff because that just feels too hard. And that's where so much gets backwards mm-hmm. and sideways among women in the church. Mm-hmm. makes me crazy. So the hug, punch, hug approach is a way to have a real conversation in love, but also say hard things. So you start out, I, I love you. Um, I want to share this with you because I love you, because you matter to me, um, because I want what's best for you hey, I've seen this pattern in your life or I've seen this and it's not good for you. It's not what's best for you. It's not what God wants for you. And I love you enough to to be real with you and to share that with you. Mm-hmm. And you come back with a hug and just know that I'm always here for you. I'm cheering you on. Um, I'm, I believe in you. I'm here to encourage you and pray for you. Sometimes that doesn't make the hard truth any easier to hear. But what it does do, I think, is it makes people realize that you're trustworthy because you're willing to say, hard things to them, but you don't do it in just in a way that's just harsh. Like, you know, we, we joke around about growing up in Jersey. So we used to just tell people off the locker room, the bus after school, someone was rude to me. I would just cut them down with my words and I didn't feel bad about it at all. I was like defending myself. Um, that's unhealthy. (laughs) That's, that's an immature way to handle hard conversations. And I was immature, but in growing, like you talked about refining I don't think that that means we move away from hard truth. I think it just means we change the way we approach it. Mm -hmm. We change the way we talk about it because I end up, you know, I value you, Tammy, um, extremely because you are willing to have hard conversations with me, which I know is some people don't want to do that, but that makes me more aware of just how much you love me and care about me Mm -hmm. because you're willing to go, we have to talk about this hard thing. Um, so actually I think it grows your credibility with people. It's just in the way, just in the way that you do it. Well, and the people, you know, you asked for their feedback, which is again, so commendable and you were willing to receive it. Um, which, which does matter, but people who are giving it also need to 
remember they're doing it because they love you and want mm-hmm. the best for you. You know, when I'm hard on my kids, most of the time it's not because I just want to like tear them down. It's because I see whatever's happening in their world and how it's going to be detrimental to them, either yeah. in school, in business, in relationship. Um, and what I want for them is success and good relationships. Yep. And so I'm willing to say, hey, if, if you run over everyone, you're going to get to this the end of this and be all alone. Is that what you want? You know, and it's a process to work that out. And so we, we give hard truths out of love Mm -hmm. because we love each other, which is exactly what the Bible tells us to do. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, but again, I'm just, I'm really proud of her for taking us up on that and doing that. And again, consider it a gift that they were real with you because Mm -hmm. I think, how you move forward with that information is just, you know, going to be good for you. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so the next question, um, you know, as it applies to community, I mean, because there's so many of us in community just in different seasons of our lives and, and places in our lives. And so when when we're in community and we're in a place in our life when we're having a really hard time, you know, we're trying to just figure things out, but also stay connected and be real when you might be losing that idea of being real because you're trying to be right Mm. for everybody. And so the question is, how can you be, you know, a positive role model to other women or be real and authentic in community when you feel like your whole life is falling apart? Mm. You know, I think it's one of the things I value most about Sandals Church and about, you know, Matt and Tammy is um, there are a lot of churches where the idea is our leaders aren't struggling, so they can lead us because they have figured everything out. Mm -hmm. And so I'm here struggling, but they're not. And I actually grew up in a church environment where I believed that to be true and it needed to be true. Um, Over time... I began to see that what really was necessary was to model realness. So that's one of the things I appreciate most about about Pastor Matt is that um, any given weekend, he'll say, here's what I did, or here's what I'm struggling with, or here's what, um, you know, he he confesses his sins. Basically, he tells us, hey, this is what I did. Um, And I value that so much because that then gives me the freedom to, to share my own. And Matt doesn't just say, hey, here's what I did. He shares, here's how I'm growing. Here's what I've learned. Here's how I'm not going to do that again. And I think that's the, that's the added bonus is you're listening to someone who you admire and who you respect, but who's telling you, hey, I don't have it all together. That gives me the freedom to be real with myself. I don't have it all together either, but I'm on this continual growth path. I think Tammy says a lot. I'm not where I was. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not where I want to be, but I'm not where I was. Um, and that means we're growing. And that's what's most important. I don't think people ever want to follow a quote unquote perfect leader. I think people want to follow imperfect people who are willing to be honest about their imperfections yeah. and are on a growth path. Like they're committed to growth. They're committed to um, to following after Jesus, to learning from their mistakes to confessing their sins. And so we need to, we need across the church, we need to dispel the myth that in order to lead, you need to have it all together. I think in order to lead, you need to be following Jesus. 
Yeah. I mean, that's, I think that that's what it really comes down to. That's fantastic. Um, And that kind of brings up another question that we hear often because our community groups, you know, you can start a community group with whatever group of people you want that to look like. So if you have a heart, you know, for single women, maybe you're appealing more to that group. Um, But some of our groups are very diverse Mm -hmm. and mixed groups of women. Um, And so we want, you know, everybody's voice and growth and what they're going through in life to contribute to that. So, you know, because we have so many new leaders now, Mm -hmm. which is incredible. um, Can you talk a little bit about you know, what that looks like for a leader, if maybe you're a, you know, married woman with children, but you have single gals in your group, how can you make sure that you're being um, inclusive Mm -hmm. and respectful of everybody's opinion and letting them contribute? Because we don't want a single girl to feel like, oh, I'm caught in this conversation where all everybody wants to talk about is their kids. And I feel like my voice doesn't matter because I don't have anything to say about that. Yeah. No, that's a great question. And actually, just a couple of weeks ago, we were sitting, um, Adam and I were sitting in a conversation um, with some other people who aren't married, don't have kids, don't have that perspective. But we were just very open about something that we're experiencing as parents. And what was so beautiful about that conversation was that even though that wasn't the perspective that they had, they offered us a safe place to be real. Mm. and um, showed a lot of empathy and um, concern and and shared insights as as young people who aren't that far away from the ages of my kids. Mm. That was valuable for me. So one of the things that married with children people tend to do, and they don't, it's not, it's not malicious, but inside of a group, they tend to take that place of we know more. Yeah. Because we've lived longer, because we have more life experience, we know more, which immediately I think makes the single person, the unmarried person feel of lesser value to the group. And so I think the best way to steer away from that, um, the discussion questions are not written geared towards any particular person, their stage of life, they're for everybody, um, is to bring out how are you experiencing this in your current stage of life? Like, talk to us about that. Um, how, when you heard Matt's message on, on, on this particular thing, you know, as a single woman or, or as a guy who's, you know, navigating life, how are you processing that to, to let them speak their truth in terms of not, you know, their own made up version of the truth, but as I'm navigating life right now as a single person, here's how I'm processing this so that no one in the group takes the posture of I'm the wise, all knowing one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but rather a posture of we're all in this together. We're all trying to grow together. And I know that you guys, um, Tammy, have a mixed group. So you can probably speak to what that dynamic looks like of people who are married versus people who aren't and and not taking that place of, well, we know all the things. (laughs) (laughs) What's funny in our group is that we have one single guy and then two married couples. And he, our single guy, just laughs at us all the time. And we're like, we're sorry if you don't want to get married because we're being so real. (laughs) But it is, um, we actually have, our group is intense. I mean, we have five people right now and three of them have a lot of aid in them. That's right. And which is intense, you know, it's a very intense group. And there's three guys, two girls, but um, 
that dynamic between him being single and then us married actually does a pretty delicate dance in the group because we can speak to some of the struggles sure. that they're facing um, and also some of the blessing they have that we don't have anymore. You know, you said like married people can tend to feel like they have more life experience, but I, I think that to say accurately is just different life experience, yeah. you know? And so everyone married out there needs to not think of it as more or better, but just a, you, you're having a different life experience right now. And um, so it, it just, and this guy gives us such fresh perspective sometimes mm -hmm. that you can lose yep. when you're just like in the grind yep. of life. And so um, it's, I, I think having a mixed group and really appreciating because even this guy will comment to us sometimes about like, I want to remember that mm. or, or I want to look for that, mm -hmm. you know, and um, I just, I think it's, you know, I think it shows a sign of maturity when you can appreciate people who are in a place that you're not totally and glean what you can, even if you're tucking it away for later. Mm -hmm. Um, this last week, there was a question on there that was like, who's someone in your life that you want to imitate as they imitate Christ. And I think that same principle can apply to that of just, you know, I might not be married yet, but when I am, mm -hmm. I want to imitate what I'm seeing here. Yeah. Or I am married, but you know what? I've kind of lost mm. something. I want to imitate this per what this person still has that they are, you know? And so um, one of the things I have said about Cultivate Always, and you know this because I fought for it on our teaching team was every illustration you give cannot be mm -hmm. about your husband and kids. Right. Because such a good portion of our is widowed or single, single mom or no mom, you know, no kids. And so I like to think of cultivate best being lived out when it's like, I'm a woman and here's how I'm experiencing life, God's word, what it means for me. I'm a woman who might be a mom or not, might be married or not, might be career or not. But at the end of the day, the meest me is the woman God created. Mm. And so um, to not have so much identity wrapped into the hats that we wear and more in the person that God made us yeah, to be. So good. Yeah, yep. that's really good. So healthy too for us to remember. Um, so this question kind of ties up a lot of what you have talked about Um about hard conversations, about, you know, how to lead well. But, um, you know, we love when women know God's word and they're cultivating it into their lives and their circumstances. But what does that look like when you're in a group and you're in a place where you kind of just want to share your heart and you want to be heard and you want to be seen and your leader always wants to come back with a quote from the Bible mm -hmm. as her answer to every question. And it can be a little uncomfortable. It can be a little frustrating. And so if you're in a group, I mean, how do you approach your leader in love and kindness and say, can we tone it down just a little <laughs> bit? <laughs> Hey, over there, Jesus freak. Not, not so much of God's word around here. Could you, yeah. could you dial it back with the Proverbs? Yeah. <laughs> um, this, is, this was a great question for me because my very first group I ever led was a, was a group of women who were either non-believers, very skeptical of God and his word. It gave me literal diarrhea every Thursday morning. Um, or they were brand new. So they weren't even convinced that the Bible was true. They were just kind of 
hanging on for dear life, like believing in this Jesus thing. So when they would talk about hard things they were going through in, in, in life, I couldn't hand them a promise from the Bible because it didn't mean anything to them. That group is where I learned, especially as an eight who wants to come and go, you know what you should do? You know what you should, you know, that was where I learned how to listen. And it was where I learned how to show empathy to people when they shared. We all know if we're students of God's word, we all know that the Bible does have all the answers for life. Mm -hmm. It does. It absolutely does. Mm -hmm. But what we also know, if you spent more than a minute with a person who's broken is most times people want to be heard before they want to be answered. Yeah. They want, do you hear what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Do you hear the pain in my voice? Do you hear me telling you that this is hard? I think that, I think that what we have to do first is listen and lean in, like lean in with empathy because the truth is, is even if the Bible has all the answers, we don't. Mm -hmm. So it's really easy for me. Sometimes, sometimes people use the Bible as a weapon to disconnect from people's pain. Mm -hmm. It's like you start talking about something that's really hard for you. God works all things for good. (laughs) (laughs) See, do you see what I'm talking about? And we go, oh, that's really hard. God says he's for you, not against you. He has all these plans for you to prosper and and have success, which don't get me started about the out of context with Jeremiah 29, 11. That's going to be for another podcast. But the point is, is in that moment, you just rush people to an answer that they may not be ready for. But what most people are ready for when they share pain or they share heartache, they're ready for you to say, gosh, I'm really sorry. Man, that's hard. I love you. Thank you for sharing that with me. Mm -hmm. Tammy shared something with me yesterday that's hard. I don't have an answer, but I just, I love you. I love you. And I'll kill anyone who's mean to you. (laughs) I mean, that felt better than a Bible verse in the moment, right? Well, and I think you can't disconnect from the idea that sometimes, not sometimes, but God's word is for us primarily. That's why I want women to cultivate it into themselves. Yeah. And when that is done, when God's word's in me, I don't have to regurgitate it to you necessarily. I can be it to you. I can come with kindness, tenderness, gentleness. Um, And so one of the things that I just recently met with a wife who... I'm hoping that we're going to have her on the show at some time this year, but she lost her husband to some pretty tragic circumstance. And we talked about how some of the worst things Mm. people have said to her have actually been quoting scripture in this time. Mm. And not because she doesn't feel like God loves her or feel like it's true. But when you tell a wife who lost her husband and she has three preschool kids well, he's in a better place. He's in heaven. Mm-hmm. God ha- has a plan, works it all out for good. And she's like, <clears throat> God's plan is that these boys don't have a dad. Yeah. God's plan, you know. And so yeah. I think that sometimes God's word is, yes, like, hey, the Bible says this, but we don't leave it there. It's, and here's how I've experienced this for me because I've gone through something hard. And you just have to say why God's word matters. Mm-hmm. It, you, it's not just a bumper sticker. It's not just some like a bullet, like you said, using it as a weapon. Yeah. Um, all like Christian counseling shows so much that you can't, you, the worst thing you can do is use it as a bullet. People want to know that. Why, why does it matter for me? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the leader needs to, or hopefully we'll pray for her. And maybe that's the way you approach her to say is like, we so admire how much of God's word that, you know, um, 
but I'm wondering if your strategy of just quoting it back to us is really the most effective mm-hmm. for the group because there seems to be a disconnect in in it for you. And I think what we want to hear is how it for you changed you so we can be encouraged that it can too change us, mm-hmm. you know, instead of it just being, here's what I'm shooting back to your problem. Um, yeah. To, to use his word and to be his word. And that might be a gentle answer turns away wrath, you know, just be, (laughs) you know, being the word responding in love and, um, then literally just quoting it back to people because that does, like you said, it makes a disconnect from where they're at and people are not motivated by that. They're motivated to change or motivated to find comfort when, they see how real it's been in someone else's life mm-hmm. and they want that for themselves. And another thing too that I think goes along with that is you're not you're not, not using God's word. You're not like shoving that away. But sometimes a better approach might be someone shares something hard in group, they pour out, they, they open up. You listen, you give empathy, you give a hug, you pray for. And then later in the week, you text them a Bible verse. Hey, remember this today. That's great. That's another way that people go, oh, you, you're still thinking about me post-group. You're still praying for me post-group. And you've given me truth from God's word to think about this week while I'm not in group, but like living the life that I'm struggling with, you know? Yeah. One thing I want to follow up on that question is to be really careful though about all those sidebar conversations happening about the leader that just doesn't go anywhere good that's divisive that's where the enemy just gets into that group and almost a posture of well we know how we would do this better Mm -hmm. well this person is like sacrificing to be the leader the vulnerability that goes into that and so um to maybe like table those sidebar conversations and have that real conversation with Mm -hmm. them and then encourage shut down yes um shut down those like, Hey, can you believe she's always just giving us the Bible or however that looks, you know, to shut those down and be like, gosh, we're so lucky that we have a leader that knows God's word, knows God's (laughs) word Mm -hmm. and wants that for us. And so just to really, you know what I mean? Just to be careful because those sideways conversations against your leader will not lead to anything good. Yep. I love that we're getting these questions though, because this is women like working out our vision of being emotionally healthy, relationally kind. They are thinking about what's the best Mm -hmm. way. Like how, so proud of you guys. I love you. It's really, it's great that you're asking these questions rather than like just going and having the wrong conversation and saying, uh oh, like how do I fix this? Not caring about. And you're wanting to do it with kindness Mm -hmm. and authenticity. So bravo to all of you. Yes. Um, Okay. So. I'm sure this happens in some of our groups where you have that one person (laughs) who you're trying to figure out again. Sorry to my group. (laughs) That's probably me. This is one of those questions. Actually, I know it's Matt. I have that. (laughs) (laughs) I have that one person. And again, how do I handle her well? How do I love her well in spite of? The fact that maybe she has a critical spirit and she kind of comes in every week. And we're even seeing with this amount of community groups that we are, Melody, like you said, inviting women in who aren't attending church because we want them to experience that community. And so 
you know, how do we walk through that with a gal who's just maybe figuring that all out? And so she's coming across a little rough, a little bit brash. She's maybe just pointing out what everybody's doing wrong. Mm. How do we love her but say we kind of like it when you're not here? Yeah. This is when every person in the world having a degree in counseling comes in helpful. (laughs) But for those of you who don't, like most of us... Sometimes brokenness comes wrapped up in barbed wire. Yeah. Sometimes the person who's hurting the most mm-hmm. is the most critical because as long as the as long as the attention and the critical spirit is focused outward, they're not having to deal with what's going on inside of them. And most of the time when I talk to people who are massively critical, super negative, they're complaining. What they're doing unknowingly is they're revealing their own brokenness. Now, when you're experiencing that, it doesn't feel like they're broken. It feels like they're just nasty. But that's where you have to really lean in to empathy and hear what they're not saying and feel what they're not letting you in on. Um, The first thing I would say, and I don't want it to sound trite because I really mean it. um, I used to pray against a woman showing up to my group years ago. Like I would see her walking in and I would feel my heart sink. And one day as we were sitting there, I was like, man, whenever she's not here, I'm happier, you know? (laughs) And God was like, this is a safe place. (laughs) (laughs) The rebuke I heard from God was, this isn't about making you happy. I'm more invested in you being holy. And I'm more invested in you growing through this because I love her. And I was like, that is a word for someone else, Lord, not for me today. But what I started to do is I started to pray for her every week. And I started to be more intentional with getting time with her apart from the group. Because what I discovered was she was more vulnerable and more real one-on-one than than in a group setting. Now, there's no happy ending to the story. She didn't miraculously become less annoying. <laughs> That's <laughs> community's messy guys. Okay. But you know what? God changed my heart. God changed my heart for her. God, um, he enlarged my capacity to love on her. Um, he, you know, he, he showed me parts of her that she was unwilling to kind of show us herself. And that that's what changed. She didn't change. So sometimes we have to be okay with the fact that sometimes God doesn't change people. He changes us Mm -hmm. and how we're able to love on people. And Mm -hmm. that's hard, but that's how we're growing. I think that that's so good. It's so true too. I, you know, I raise my girls to always think that I'm like the meanest girls at school they have. People aren't just hard Mm -hmm. out of nowhere for the most part. Um, So just help. First of all, when you experience people like that, um, I challenge you to become curious, Mm -hmm. become curious about, I wonder what's going on with them. Um, But another, like another way to be kind of strategic in how you interact is a couple of things. First of all, it's um, ridiculous. I don't know how else to say it. It's ridiculous to think that every person in your group you're going to click with. Yeah. And it's going to become your like kumbaya best friend (laughs) outside of group. Mm. That's just not true. And it's not even the purpose of group. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you have to sometimes think of the hat that you wear with that person. And we wear different hats with deep, different people. Sometimes I wear the hat of boss, like with Mel. <laughs> <laughs> 
We're all laughing because that's not true. But um, and and sometimes it's friend, and sometimes my hat's pastor's wife, and then sometimes it's mom. I mean, when my mom hats on, I have a whole different voice that comes out. Like my kids all know it. Stay tuned next um, time. And sometimes it's wife, and I get really whiny, you know. Um, but the same is true in your group dynamics. Is some people in that group you're gonna just click with, and you're gonna probably go out together sometimes and have that kind of relationship. And sometimes your hat is like Christ follower. Mm. And even though this person's hard for me, even though this per like, I, I don't know that I would be this person's best friend. Uh, we're not best friends. I'm someone to love this person. And mm-hmm. you have to, you have to trust the fact that if they're hard in your group, they're probably hard everywhere. And if people can't find love and kindness in the church, where can they find it? Yeah. And so, you know, even um, there, there's a woman who comes to Sandals Church and, and she's pretty hard. She's pretty quirky. She's very, very well known <laughs> here. And I had some women um, kind of talking about her and, you know, some of the hard things and they're hard. Mm. They're really, really hard. But I said, man, but if, you know, if, if she can't come here, and find love. Where's she going to find it? Nowhere else. Yeah. And so, guess what? We're gonna we're gonna laugh over to ourselves about some of the hard, quirky things and give her a hug. I, this woman's never probably my best friend. We're probably never vacationing together, going to coffee. But when I see her in the lobby, I hug her. Mm-hmm. I change the hat I'm wearing. I change the hat to I'm caring for this other human being the way Christ cares for me and would want me to as part of the church. Mm-hmm. That same dynamic needs to apply in your group. Is there's going to be some hard, weird people. We all have some weird things about us. We all are hard at different times. Um, And so shift your thinking from, I really need to connect with this person. I Mm. mean, we need to really like be a thing instead of just like, man, how, if if your heart goes to a place of like, how can I love on them in this moment while we're in group? Yeah. How can I encourage them this week? But then another layer to that is whenever you aren't experiencing them critical, make a big deal of it mm. because mm-hmm. you could help them to really start undoing some old habits. Yep. Um, who knows why they've, they, they've gotten them a strategy for them might be, I I'm critical so that people aren't critical of me. Mm-hmm. I mean, we just don't know. That's why I joked about the counseling degrees. Cause when you really see people, you know, you can assess them and know how to, but to every time there is a time where it's just like, man, when you complimented me and you were so positive, that really made my day. Like mm-hmm. look for every opportunity to celebrate when they do something that's positive, encouraging, less critical. And I would almost beg to guarantee that you'll start to see small turns in yeah. that. Small cracks in the ice. Yeah, because they'll be, wow, like that really got good feedback. And the less, the less feedback they get for their negative stuff, it's not going to feed anymore. They're not going to feel protected by it. Sure. And so, you know, you, you just have to, and like Melody said, maybe it's not about them. It's about what God wants to do in you. Mm-hmm. He wants to grow you. Like, guess what? Sometimes we have to be long suffering with people. Sometimes we have to turn the other cheek. Sometimes we have to repay unkindness with kindness. And sometimes we have to remember, which is hard for all of us, that it's maybe it's not about us, Mm -hmm. you know, but that person's in your group. And that means that you're a steward of their heart Yeah, and they deserve kindness. They deserve dignity. They deserve, um, a respect from you. And again, this doesn't mean that you guys have to become best friends, but what it does mean is that you have an opportunity to be more like Christ in you by loving them. And remember that 
you, whatever your experience with him, you've probably been to Christ before and yet he still loves you every time. And that's, that's just such a fundamental truth of community groups sure. because this dynamic could be set around any group there ever was ever. Mm-hmm. Totally. And, um, and I think when you change your perspective, like I said to, it's not about my group all being best friends. This isn't your squad mm-hmm. or whatever, you know, yeah. but it's about, okay, I, we're, we're in this together. We're trying to follow and become more like Christ together. Mm-hmm. I become more like Christ when I'm loving to hard people. Mm-hmm. And he said, that's how you'll be known by yep. your love. You know, when you, um, to the least of these, what you do, you do unto him. And sometimes those people are, are the least of these and mm. that matters. Mm-hmm. That's a great segue into this question, which makes me a little sweaty, but, <laughs> um, can you talk about, um, clicks women form? And I know Tammy, this is something yeah. that's really <laughs> been on your heart, just with our community groups and as you're considering, um, you know, maybe you have an existing group mm-hmm. or maybe you're going to be starting a new group and this idea that my group is just for my people um, and so anyone else isn't welcomed into that um, and then other people pick up on that and maybe mm-hmm. they're just kind of warming up to this idea of community or they're new to sandals and they're being brave about getting into community and now they don't feel welcomed in because mm-hmm. they feel like they're coming up against this band of women um, who have maybe been together for a long time and just are like, nope, there's no place for new women. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a tricky dynamic because, you know, I get what we don't want is women growing together, getting to a place where they do feel safe enough to be real and then constantly rotating door people in, people out, which creates a feeling that it's not safe because now I don't know you. We're starting over every week. However, I have been hearing the language of my group's closed and I'm, I'm, completely opposed to that language. Like our group should never be closed, like hard, fast closed. I think that you don't know who God's going to bring into your life. Sorry. You don't know what he might want for your group. I mean, there are some really unhealthy groups and dynamics and adding one new fresh person in can heal a group and, and add perspective. And to just remember that some of the women in your group who you're just like us for and no more, you weren't that way with them at a point. You grew into that mm-hmm. and think about how someone else can grow. And so what I want is the group boundaries to be held loosely I don't, you know, and to all, I mean, we are supposed to be the church, a place for people. And, um, what I want our women's hearts to do is to say, man, if our, our group is so good, we, we need to share this, like what we have here, we want to have a heart to want that for other people too. And that doesn't mean add 50 people to your group, whatever, but to say like, Hey, you know, we're not advertising on Facebook or whatever, like come to my group. But also if someone in the group is like, Hey, you guys, I know a woman who would really just fit in. I think it would be good for her. It might be good for us. Um, I want to open it. Or if we came to you and said, Hey, we have someone we know would be such a good fit. Will you consider, you know, having them in there? And it is something to talk about as a group. Just don't show up with like, here's my five friends. I decided (laughs) to add, you know, that is a dynamic, but I want to, I want to challenge women to not have the heart of my group is either open or closed Yeah, because that is not our heart for what this should look like. I don't believe it's God's heart for what community looks like, but to, to follow the spirit's leading in that, to trust other women's discernment, 
And at the end of the day, to remember that this group is for me and it's from me, meaning that, yes, the group is to love and care for you and have a place for you to be real. But it's also that for other people and you play a role in that for them. Mm. And um, it's just not the it's not the right spirit to say, yeah, nobody's welcome here. Yeah. And so, you know, maybe it's not a right time. It depends what your group is going through. Some groups are going through really hard things. Like it's not the right time right now to just bring someone into this, but to Mm -hmm. say, Hey, I think at some point we should, Mm -hmm. you know, it, 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 there's no blanket answer for that. But the answer that I want to give is do not put a gate on your group towards other people. You're limiting what your group can experiencing. You're limiting what God can do. And it's just not our heart for how, what this should be. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's my heart, you know, with yours. And and I would say, as I was listening to you talk and I was thinking like the universal desire of every human being is belonging. Like, where do mm-hmm. I belong? Who do I belong with? Who do I matter to? Um, who cares about me? And when, when we have more groups closed than open, the message we're sending is you don't belong here. You don't belong with us. And that can't be, that can't be how we attract people to a loving God who died on the cross for the sins of the world to say, you're in, you belong with me. I'm taking your sin. I'm taking what you deserve onto myself because I've opened up my arms to love the entire world. Now, that's not to get like, oh, what a beautiful speech. Because I get it. Seasons, there are seasons where groups need to close for hard things, for uh, relational dynamics and all of that. But I would say as a leader, put the burden of this on your group by saying, could we pray together? Mm-hmm. about who God might want to bring into our group, who else belongs here. Think about the day when you didn't have a place. Mm-hmm. Think about the day, think about where you were before you had this group. There are countless women out there who are in the same exact predicament. They're broken, they're lost, they're confused, they're depressed, they're sad. They're just wondering if they matter. And is that their seat? Is that spot on the couch reserved for them? Is that chair around the table their chair? If everyone starts praying about that together, mm-hmm. I've seen God change hearts and go, you know what? You know what? I've, you know what I've seen God do? I've seen God start to speak to one woman in the group and say, this has been so good for me, this group. I've loved it. God's now leading me to go start my own, mm-hmm. to make more spaces and more places for women to be real, to bring more people into the circle of belonging. Um, that's really the heart of God. And I would also say this, I was in a women's group years ago that was a huge part of my own healing after a really hard season. And we bonded, we connected, we gelled. It was like this beautiful thing. And then our leader came and she said, God was prompting her to invite two more women into the group. And I was like, he's not prompting me to bring more people to the group. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And she asked us to be open to it, and we and we did. Um, and one of those women that she invited to the group has become one of my very best friends. Like to this day, some 13, That's 14 what I'm years later. About right there. Yep. We are best friends. We are 3,000 miles apart, but we are best friends. And that's what God does. He mm-hmm. loves to surprise us. God honors us when we obey him. Mm-hmm. When he prompts us to do something, when he leads us and we obey, he blesses. And it's, it's that not my will, but yours, God, yep. you know, which is what you experienced them is God had an idea about 
maybe someone that she needed, I think it's Susie, mm-hmm. in her life and vice versa. And he knows that. But if, if you're like, nope, this group is closed. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, you just, you just missed out on a blessing God had for you yeah. or for her. And so I just, you know, I want us to shift our mindset and, and adopt a new way of thinking when it comes to open or closed groups mm-hmm. and be about praying about who and and how and when and um because the same thing is going to happen in your group you get super tight as a group but god might be calling someone to start a new group yep because there needs to be new room for people and so um to not just become so close-fisted with it and to say not not my will god but yours and that is you becoming more like Jesus. Mm-hmm. The more and more you do that in your group. And so the more you do that, the more you advocate for that in your group and say, I want us to be a group that's known for our kindness mm-hmm. and known for um, just being open to what God's spirit wants for us as we're growing more like him. And is there someone who could benefit in this um, group for that very reason? And so I just, I want to implore the women of, of Cultivate and Sandals Church to just kind of chill out on that open or closed language and say, what do you want, God? Mm-hmm. Who do you want, God? Um, and ask him to reveal that. Become a group that prays about that periodically mm-hmm. so that you know that very thing. And then trust your leader. You know, Trust each other in the group that if someone comes and asks for it, that they had a good reason for asking, like trust that person. And then trust us if we come to you and say like, hey, can you make a seat? Can you make room? Yeah. And um, be about the bigger vision of the church than just your group and how that feels for you. Yep. Yeah. And I'll make a plug for our groups team. You know, if you're in a community group right now and maybe your group has dwindled because for whatever reason women mm-hmm. have left and you feel like you have space and you're not currently listed on our website, um, you can go to move.sc forward slash group update and just let us know, hey, I have room for new women. I want to be listed on the group site, on the website. We have a great way for women just to search and find your group. Mm-hmm. And that way, you know, that's a great way for women to connect with you and for you to just trust God about who mm-hmm. he's going to bring to your group. So we can, we can help you with that. And, you know, I want to, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm circling back again. That's okay. Um, here's the thing about people that are so different from us. Um, at first we tend to reject them either for reals externally or internally in our heart of like, well, they're different than me. They're whatever. But I, I think the more that you're growing to be more like Christ, the more you say, like God made this person the way that they are. Mm-hmm. And so what can I learn from them that's different from me so that I can understand God more and appreciate that him more. And that's what happens in community when we're together is we're introduced to different people with different backgrounds. What's interesting about how I always see God work is, is how different we are, but how the same we really are. Mm-hmm. And you'll have a group that we just are like, here, put these 10 women here. And they'll be like, did you know that five women at my table have all experienced whatever? Mm. Nope. We had no idea, but mm-hmm. guess what God did. And so, but to be able to, um, to just challenge yourself with the most difficult people in your group to either become more like Christ yourself and loving difficult people, which is what he does with us on a daily, regular basis. <laughs> yep. Or to say, what what can you teach me through this person, God, that's different than me, but would be an asset for me to know in my journey to become more like you. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, so our last question comes from a 
male listener. Thanks. Oh, hey. Yeah. Thank <laughs> hey, you for- hey, out there. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this is a good question that men and women alike could have about community. And that's that if you're a guy in an advanced group or a woman in a mm-hmm. cultivate group, should you be in another community group amongst like married couples or single couples or we get this a lot now with our groups like should Uh I be in another group like if I'm in a mixed group should I just be in a women's group Mm -hmm. so what do you think about that do you want to take that first yeah I would just say uh quickly that everyone's season of life and what they have Mm -hmm. going on is vastly different so I'll speak for us right now. We're in the busiest season stage of life we've ever been in with three kids who are in three different things. We work full time. So we wouldn't have the capacity to to for Adam to be in a men's group, me to be in a women's group, and us to be in a group together. We we wouldn't be able to do that. However, the the essence, the the heart is that you're in community. What I know some groups do is they're mixed groups and sometimes they break off. The women connect with each other, the men connect with each other, mm-hmm. and they have like women's and men's groups inside of of their mixed group. That's a that's a great option. Um there are other people in seasons of life where they feel like they need they need a place to go with just men. They need a place to go with just women, but they want to feel that connection with their spouse. So they're in a group together. And I think that that's awesome. I don't think that there's a right or wrong other than the fact that community is right. Mm -hmm. Being in community is what God wants. And that's the heart of our church. That's the heart of our pastor. Um, And so I would say kind of look at where you're at your season of life Mm -hmm. Um, and if you're like, you know what, I have the capacity and really I, I need it. I need that extra support. I need a place where I can talk about what I'm going through, um, apart from a mixed group or, but whatever that looks like, I think community is the right answer. If it's both, if it's one or the other, it's community. Um, and I think that regardless of who you are, how long you've been a Christian, it's the right answer for everybody. Yeah, I agree with all that. And I would say our heart is not for every person to do every kind of group there is. And just like the church to so have you booked at time that you can never actually be out Mm -hmm. with people. Um, There are some women who do a cultivate group and then they're in a small group as well. Um, Same for advanced. Um, I, I met a young adult at our event a few weeks ago and I actually encouraged her to not do a cultivate group. Um, and to get with her husband in a young married group, because she's like, we, she, you know, she's talking to me about, I'm so excited. I'm going to start a cultivate group. Me and my husband actually need help. We don't have any friends in our place, you know? And I was like, I actually think, Mm. which is hard. I want people to start cultivate groups, you know, but what I want more is people to, to be, um, healthy and, and getting the support they need. And like you said, there's just different seasons for that. You know, there's some that are in a mixed group. But then it, it, there's some specialty groups, like we have some sex addiction groups and some codependent kind of groups, and that is a two-group kind of scenario. Yep. But we're not expecting everybody to be in a two-group kind of scenario. I think you need to evaluate where you are in your season of life. Um, I have, I'm have i in a different season of life, as we know, like, I do what I want. <laughs> like, <laughs> But like Matt and I are in a group, and then I'm going to do a just women's group. But my just women's group, um, is going to meet once a month, mm-hmm. um, where we're kind of recap like the season of that month for in church, you know, or the sermon series, because I don't have capacity to do two different groups. Yeah. Um, and so it really is just about 
figure and praying through like, Mm -hmm. what do we need in this season? You might tell your cultivate group or your advanced group, Hey, my husband and I right now, we really need to be around other couples so we can gauge and glean, um, where we're at. Or, you know, you might say like, Hey, I, I like being in my just cultivate group, my just women's group helps me be a better wife. That's the season I'm going to do right now. Mm -hmm. And so it's, There's just no right answer for that. It's just you have to be real about the season that you're in, real about your need, real about your capacity. And pursue community regardless of what that season is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so good. Yeah, it was excellent. Thank you guys so much for your questions. Thank you for connecting in community. Thank you for cultivating community, working out that vision. And I want to say just thank you to everybody who has been so good about the podcast so far. Yeah, thank you. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, we don't want to just be like, oh, go on and rate us. But there is a dynamic of that, that the more that you guys interact with that, the more easy it is for people to find us on there. So we would ask that if this is valuable for you, if it is helping you, um, if it's a place for you where you're like, yeah, this is helping me. The the whole point of this podcast is to offer additional support to you to yeah. say, hey, we're here with you. We get it. Um, we might not be where we want to be, but we're not where we were and we can help you do the same. And so just to keep this going, mm-hmm. you know, we would just love, we've had such... I mean, unexpectedly (laughs) tremendous um, support of it. So we just want to continue that and to just tell your friends to do it and keep when we ask for questions, please write them in because we we want to have real conversation with you about the real things you're experiencing. And we might not know the best the best answer, the wisest answer every time, but we're going to give you the best that we have. So that's right. We love you guys. And we're so grateful to have the opportunity to be in your car, be in your headphones, be on your run with you, be like wherever that is with you, because what it is, is to remind you that even though we might not be physically present with you, we are present with you in this walk. If you're outdoors doing something strenuous, I'm probably not happy to be there with you, but (laughs) I I have no say in the matter. Um, (laughs) If you're having tacos, I'm, I love you. I'm so happy. We're together. Um, here, here, here is what we want for you. Um, we want you to get in a group, start a group, get connected, mm-hmm. um, live this vision out in community, and then mark your calendars for our next Cultivate Live event, which is May thirty first and June first. Our friend Lisa Bevere, I love Lisa. coming back. Um, Move.se. Nope. Cultivate.se slash events. <laughs> Tiff's here to right my wrongs. Um, you can register for a discounted rate only up until April 1st, and then that price is going to jump. Um, so make sure that you get registered, you invite a friend, um, and you get in community. And if you're starting a group, grab a box at your campus. I want to throw a little clarity out to that event because it is a two-day event, but both days are not the same event and they're not for everybody. Yeah. So the May 31st, that's a Friday night event. That's at the Hunter Park campus. That's for all women and teen girls. Mm-hmm. Now on Saturday, June 1st, we're having a special event just for our young adults, and that's 18 to 30, 30 um, year olds. Now, could they come to both? Sure, they don't need to. Um, can everybody else go to that one? No, no, you cannot. And so that is a very that's just a no. very very because Lisa's going to bring a word just for that season of life for that age that's significant to them. So everybody, including those women, if if you want to buy two registrations, that's okay. Okay, um, <laughs> you can come to that Friday night one, but the Saturday night one is specifically a young adult thing. Lisa Bevere is going to you're going to have her undivided attention. It's going to be such a 
fantastic. it's based too. Yeah. And so that's, that's why we need it to be really specific to that age. So if you know someone of that age, have them register for that, but don't miss out. We don't, we want this, you know, we're only charging so that we can help pay the cost. Lisa Mm-hmm. isn't free. This is what she does for a living and it's her ministry. So that's why there's a small fee for that. And we have to, especially after last time when there was floor sitting only, Yes, you know, we have to have a gauge on who's coming, but don't miss this event, you guys. It's our it's second Cultivate Live for the year and it's going to be really good. Awesome. All right. Yay. And it? I'm going to just throw a little teaser out here. Throw it. Info about the Cultivate album, the Cultivate oh. Live worship album dropping here. At our next episode. Wow. <gasps> teaser. I'm excited. I'm hearing that for the first time. See, All right. It's a teaser for everybody. All right. Bye, you guys. <laughs> bye. We love you. Bye. bye.